Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 81 is entitled The Road to Liberty. For 400 years, following the death of Joseph, the children of Israel had been slaves to the Egyptians. To free Israel from Egyptian bondage, the first thing the Lord did was to call Moses to be a prophet unto Israel. And through the power of God, Moses led them out of Egypt. They continued to be led by a prophet. But the second thing the Lord did was to appoint wise judges over the people that managed their temporal affairs. This began when Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, observed Moses trying to judge all the affairs of the people alone. First, Jethro teaches Moses that the role of a prophet over spiritual affairs is different than the role of the judges over temporal affairs. The following is recorded in Exodus 18. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Next, Jethro teaches Moses the rule of the judges. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then shalt thou be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of ten. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard cases they brought before Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Exodus eighteen nineteen through 26 The third thing the Lord did to free the house of Israel was to give them the law of liberty, otherwise known as the Ten Commandments. It was James of the New Testament that called the Ten Commandments the law of liberty. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. James 2.11-12 In the preface to the Ten Commandments, the Lord said, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. However, once they became free from the Egyptians, they now had to become free from Egyptian traditions. The Egyptians were an idol-worshipping nation. The Israelites were taught that they should worship only one God. That is why a prophet was necessary. The primary purpose of a prophet is to teach the word of God with the authority of God. The Lord uses his prophets to purify his doctrine in order to avoid internal apostasy. Before the Ten Commandments were given, the house of Israel was physically freed from Pharaoh. 
However, they carried many of the traditions of the Egyptians with them, including the practice of idol worship. The purpose of the Ten Commandments was to give them spiritual freedom. In the history of the world, no nation shook off the shackles of slavery faster than the nation of Israel because of three things. One, they were led by a true prophet. Two, they were governed by judges chosen among the wisest of the tribes. They were given instructions on how to select judges. The Lord said, Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes. And they shall judge the people with just judgment. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise, and pervert the words of the righteous. That which is altogether just shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live, and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Deuteronomy 16, 18-20 And number three, they obeyed the Ten Commandments. They were a theocratic republic. They had a prophet leader, but their temporal affairs were managed by impartial judges, and their constitution was the Ten Commandments. It is the perfect model. Christians will recognize that this is the same government that Christ will establish when he returns to reign on earth for a thousand years. Let me point out how the house of Israel was able to shake off the shackles of slavery in only one generation. It is unprecedented. Taking my cue from James, there are four laws of liberty that are necessary for perfect liberty. Let me make a bold statement. It is in concomitant variation. Liberty increases the closer we approach perfection of these four laws. Liberty decreases as we move away from the four laws. This is true for all times, all cultures, all peoples, and all nations. Obedience to these four laws is the only true measure of freedom. Number one, the law of liberty. Number two, the perfect law of liberty. Number three, the law of equality. And number four, the royal law. The Israelites were successful in shaking off slavery in only one generation because they lived all four laws. Linda, will you describe the attributes of each of the four laws of liberty? 1. The law of liberty was the Ten Commandments as stated above. 2. The perfect law of liberty is when we obey the virtues of Christ as taught by true prophets such as Moses and Samuel. James said, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed.
James 1, 17-25. 3. The law of equality is also described by James in the following, But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law of transgressors. James 2, 9. In the Old Testament, the Lord commanded the people, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Leviticus 19.15 Because of the judges, they practiced the law of equality. 4. The Royal Law For James, the royal law is comprised of the two great commandments. James said, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Of course, the royal law has two parts. The first is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and the next is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. It is no coincidence that the royal law and the law of liberty are similar. The first five of the Ten Commandments teach us to love the Lord. The last five commandments teach us to love our neighbor. You can see why Christ will implement those four laws listed above when he returns to rule and reign on earth. There is no greater path to liberty. Though the timeline before the kings cannot be exact, the prophet Judges, which began with Moses and ended with Samuel, lasted about 400 years, the amount of time they were in bondage to the Egyptians. It was toward the end of Samuel's life that the house of Israel revolted against the reign of the judges and demanded a king. This proved to be the beginning of the end of the Israelite nation. The Lord wanted Israel to be led by prophets, but to be ruled by judges. Notice in the following the prophet Samuel's argument to the people against having a king, even a king anointed by the Lord. Each argument is related to the loss of freedom. Their end was prophesied by Samuel. The following is the story of their transition from judges to kings. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. This is an interesting argument. Because the sons of Samuel were not equal to their father, Israel wanted to replace judges with kings. The simple solution would seem to be to select different judges than the sons of Samuel. However, that was merely the excuse. Their real desire was to have a king, and they merely used Samuel's sons as an excuse. It is exactly what is happening today. Democratic socialists want socialism. They want a new world order. They do not want a republican form of government. Therefore, rather than get rid of the inbred corruption of those in power, they want to replace the republic with another form of government, one that is like all the nations. But this thing displeased Samuel, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the kings that shall reign over them. 
And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that ask of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers, and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seeds and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. That we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. 1 Samuel 8 Two great lessons are taught. One, notice that the children of Israel wanted to be like all the nations. That is the same cry that we hear from our social democrats today. They want globalism. Those who understand the book of Revelation revealed to John recognize that only through globalism can the two beasts arise. There is something in man that likes to be ruled, that likes to be taken care of, that likes guaranteed security, that likes to be like others, and that doesn't like uncertainty. There is something in rulers that does not like opposition, majority rule, or democratic obstructions. Such human weaknesses, when unchecked, are death to democracy. It is that tendency that we are faced with today in America. Unlike the freedom fighters of our glorious past, American leaders today want us to be like all other nations. That is the cry of social democrats, the goal of socialism, the direction Congress has taken us. They want a king. They will, perforce, keep the language of democracy, but they will destroy its soul and rule us through political correctness. The previous leader of the social democrats, President Obama, stated in his 2014 State of the Union address, With or without this Congress, I will keep taking action. That is not democracy. That is totalitarianism. In addition, political correctness is becoming the state religion. Political correctness is nothing more than fabricated ethics, painted as universal virtues, opinions canonized as scriptures. Those same ones who fight against Christianity and wish to destroy freedom of religion will, like Nebuchadnezzar, force us to bow down to their own idols. Number two, the Lord, though he commanded against it and warned them of the dangers, predicting their downfall, gave them what they wanted. The Lord, who above all else protects our agency, grants the desires of our hearts, even if it brings about our own destruction. 
Those who do not see that as a constant theme of the Bible have, at least in that one point, misread the Bible. God is about free will, freedom, agency, and liberty. God, through his prophets, teaches truth because only the truth can make us free. He does not force us to obey his commandments. God is omnipotent, but he is not a tyrant. All the complications of man come about because of free will. All misery comes about because of sin, whether of ourselves or of others. All evil comes about by violation of the laws of God. However, the innocent suffer with the guilty. One of the primary messages of the Bible is that sin is the cause of sorrow. Many innocent people suffer abominably because of the sins of others. But sin is still the culprit. I am afraid that as a nation, we are also moving away from our democratic republic and toward a bigger and bigger government. Our president is taking on more power than our forefathers intended. Democracy is high risk, heavy maintenance, ruthless competition, dangerous uncertainty, and hard work. It requires courage and self-reliance. Those who struggle with life are often easily exploited and easily bribed, trading their votes for security, while those who succeed are easily blamed for the failures of the poor. With agency comes uncertainty. The desire for certainty and security is a trait that has led our own unscrupulous politicians to go to poverty-stricken areas and troll for votes with taxpayer money, promising salvation while blaming the rich for their ills. They promise welfare without work and prosperity without sacrifice. It is an irresistible temptation. Such actions are not brought about by charity. They are brought about by a calculated attempt to centralize power into the hands of those who want socialism. If it is charity, why is it that those in power use our money and not their own? While we struggle to pay for health insurance and to earn a living for our family, how is it that they become millionaires in public offices that have fixed salaries? How is it that they exempt themselves from Obamacare? How is it that they grow more in power and less in service? How is it that our voice is muted and theirs grows louder, stealing our votes, but ignoring our wishes while preaching their propaganda over and over and over? If we want liberty, we must live the laws of liberty. We are not a theocracy. We are a democratic republic. We welcome with open arms all religions but we have an inspired constitution and a bill of rights. Our laws are based on the Ten Commandments, which are being ignored in large cities such as San Francisco and Los Angeles, where theft is no longer recognized as a major crime, and looters are invited to rob stores unimpeded by law. Our laws are no longer equal. Special interest groups receive special privileges. Lawlessness, riots, theft, violence, crime, murder, and general mayhem are increasing because we are ignoring the laws of the land, defunding the police, tearing down our borders, redistributing wealth, overtaxing the self-reliant, and defrauding the public. If we do not reinstate law and order, if we do not close our borders, empower our police, enforce our laws, protect our citizens, defend our Constitution and Bill of Rights, become energy independent, and require people to be self-reliant, then we will go the way of the other great nations of the past, who fell because they ignored the basic principles of liberty. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.
In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.